Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Hey, well, thank you for having me out here at Calvary Aurora. I'm super excited to be with you guys and share the Word with everyone. Um, So as he said, my name is Joe Gomez. I am from the San Juan Islands. That is in the very tip northwest corner of the continental United States of America. It's far up there. And um, so I've been pastoring there on those islands probably for about 11 years now on the San Juan Islands. Um, And that fellowship existed before I got there. Me and my wife made the trek again around 11 years ago. I'm from San Antonio, Texas originally. She's from Seattle, Washington. We met at Calvary Chapel Bible College in Marietta, California. Um, So it is. It is a bridal college at times. Not all the time, but at times. It's a good place to meet a spouse. Um, But anyway, it is. It's so good. Um, So one of the things is on our island, I I met Pastor Ed probably about five years ago. Uh, We have a mutual friend, and we just kind of started going back and forth. Um, via email, and one day I was listening, I was at my desk listening to Grace FM, um, and I heard these messages. I think they were called The Servant Heart of Jesus, a, a kind of a series that you guys go through. And I was like, man, that is so good. I need something like that. So I said, I'll just email him. So I emailed him, and I was like, Pastor Ed, can I steal those things? And he was just like, yes, I stole them. And so he sent me all his notes, you know, and I just could not believe that he sent me all those, his notes on that series, and I kind of went through and, and, and fixed them and so forth for us, and, and, and then changed the logos. No, I'm just kidding. Um, um, but we just, I was just blown away. And from that point on, we just kind of struck up a relationship. And then one year, I was going back to, uh, to San Antonio, Texas to do a, a wedding renewal for my sister, uh, who was getting married, and just a sweet story there. And we decided to come to go diagonal um, through the U.S. And I said, hey, we're going to be passing through Denver. I'd love to have uh, lunch with you if you're able to. And so we set that up. Um, and then right about two months before uh, that happened is when uh, um, Eddie passed away. Um, and so as we got closer to that time, I emailed Pastor Ed and I was like, hey, look, I get it. You guys are going through a tough time. Just forget it. I mean, I don't even want to put that pressure on you. You know, we'll just skip it another time. And Ed was just like, no, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, and so we met for lunch and, and we got to hang out with Pastor Ed. And ever since then, he's just become a really good friend of ours. Um, Ed and Marie uh, and, and the kids. It's just been such a sweet. He's, he's actually, there's a, there's a few men in my life who have just become such a, a pastoral or, or a dad type. Well, he's not a dad type. He's only a couple years younger than me. I mean, older than me. Or I should say younger than me, right? That's score, right? He's younger than me. Um, and so he's just been a dear friend to us. And so I, and he's been out to the island several times to minister to our flock and, and our church. And so I am just super blessed and just super excited to be here with you guys. I just consider it a great honor and a privilege to serve you guys by, by sharing the word with you tonight. Um, so thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for having me out here tonight. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, that's my beautiful wife, Anna, is down there in the front row. We left all of our seven kids, ages 15 to one and a half, back with my sister who, lo- who now lives on the island. <laughs> so we had a great time. <laughs> Good luck, Steph. Okay, so... <laughs> So let's get into the Word. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. That's where we're going to be at this, this evening. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 
We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 6. Um, at home, at our fellowship, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and it has wrecked me going through the Sermon on the Mount and just revealed some things in my heart. And so um, we're going to go through these six verses in a message that I've titled, Why You Got to Be Judging Me? So I'm going to read these verses. We'll pray. And, and if you will allow me, actually allow the Lord to get up in our business tonight, I pray that he'll speak to you and encourage you, convict you, and challenge you as we look at the word this evening. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, this is what Jesus says. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. And Father, I do pray this evening as we get into your word, Father, I pray that you would speak to us. Father, we need to hear from you this, this evening. That's why we've gathered. We've gathered to worship you. We've gathered to celebrate you, Lord, but we've also gathered to hear from you. And so give us ears to hear what your spirit wants to tell us this evening. Father, I pray that you would empower me to speak your word, that I would be able to just to move out of the way, God, and allow you to speak to your people this evening. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, do you guys remember the movie Nacho Libre? Do you guys like that movie? It's one of my all-time favorites. I love that movie. I don't know how many times I've seen that thing. But there is this one scene in the locker room where Nacho comes out and he tells Esqueleto, I'm a little concerned with your salvation. Why haven't you not been baptized? And then his response is, well, I haven't gotten around to it, all right? And he's all, why are you always got to be judging me just because I haven't been baptized? Or don't know, he says, what does he say? Because I believe in science, right? And then you have the, what's up? When he baptizes him. I love that scene. <laughs> I love that scene. But, but if you think about it, why is it? Because if you remember that movie, there's kind of some churchianity that revolves around that movie, right? Why is it? in many ways that the world, Christian world, but even the unchristian world could see that, get that, and laugh at that. And that becomes the punchline, so to speak. And you don't have to be in a church. You don't even have to be a part of the church to kind of get that, right? And I think what happens is a lot of times, unfortunately, that is our reputation as the church, right? We, we're, we're judgmental or we're, we're hypocrites and all these kinds of things. And, and, you know, it's that partial verse, right, that everybody knows. Hey, don't judge, don't judge. Remember back when, when I was in Sunday school, we, they taught us, don't judge, don't judge. And really, as we look at this chapter, this, or this little section in the Sermon on the Mount, right, this, really, this intense part of the Sermon on the Mount, as you look at that, you know, these three chapters of just red letters, right? If you're in your Bibles and you have got that red letter Bible, you see that all those letters are in red because Jesus is sharing. He's speaking the Word, right? The living Word, speaking out the Word, and He's saying some, some things that really do get up in our business, don't they? I mean, it's like He's revealing the things that are in our heart, and what He's doing here is, is He's really challenging us as the church, 
really as a church on how we can work together to bring redemption to one another, right? To work together because the church, rightly so, we have our issues, don't we? We, we do make some intense judgments about one another and so forth, but in this little section that can seem intense, there is, there is such a beautiful challenge for us, really for us to, to get out of the way and, and to see ourselves the way Jesus would see us, right? In Ephesians chapter 2, there Paul calls us, right, this work of art, this poema, this creation that God is, is making and molding us into. And, and so we're going to look through these, right, in chapter 7, verse 1, right? The first verse there, Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged, right? And then what does he go on to say? For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The wording there means judge not or, or don't judge, or it means to, to not pass judgment on to someone or to come to a conclusion about somebody harshly or to have a severe sentence about someone, right? It's, it's passing on, just looking that person up and down, right? And then just right away, you've got them figured out. Right? I love how one commentator, James Fawcett and Brown, says it this way. He says, The context makes it clear that the thing here condemned is that disposition to look unfavorably on the character and actions of others, which leads invariably to the pronouncing of rash, unjust, and unlovely judgments upon them. Man, heavy-duty stuff here. Now, here's some things to think about as we go through this. One... It's not really speaking about someone's eternal salvation, right? It's, it's not about, hey, don't judge me. I know about God. I think the Bible makes it pretty clear, right, that God has given us a mission, right? In John 3, 16, right, it says that God so loved the world. And he's called us to go out and to share that love, right, to, to minister to people, to look for those opportunities to share the love of God. Well, in that, you're making a judgment about someone, aren't you? Well, he's not speaking about that, right? That's a mission, so to speak if you will. It's a mission to share his love. And two, this is not really about critical thinking. It's not pushing against critical thinking at all or about not going to someone who maybe has sinned against you, right? I think the Bible, according to Matthew chapter 18, gives us the prescription to go to someone when somebody does actually sin against you, right? The Bible says to to go to them and to talk with them and to, to hash that out a little bit. Right? And if they still don't respond to you, then you take someone, an elder in the church or someone that you trust that's, that's spiritually mature, and you go and you talk with them two-on-one and so forth. Right? But the whole idea even of that is, is reconciliation, right? Hopefully you're, you're bringing the people together so that there might be family and commitment made and, and just this relational because Jesus is all about relationship here, isn't he? So what, what's this really about? What's he doing here as he lays these verses out? Well, I believe that the, the purpose and the intent is looking at brothers and sisters in Christ, right, and judging them in this way, right, judging their motives or the intents of their heart and their, and their lifestyle and their freedoms. That's what, what Jesus is really preaching against here, right? And so this, this evening there's a challenge that I think we'll be challenged with about dealing with our own personal judgments against people and about willing, willing to believe the best about someone else. I mean, isn't that, that, that is a challenge, isn't it? 
because it hurts, right? We, we, we're human beings, and when, when someone says something against us or makes a, a false assumption about us, it hurts, right? And so then the, uh, the reverse side of that, that challenge then is to, man, but I, I want to believe the best about them. I, I, I want to look for the best in them, right, because of what Christ has done in me, right? But the reality is, and why sometimes we can end up on a movie like Nacho Libre, right, and have these judgments is because we sometimes we do the opposite. We do believe the worst. And then it gets even worse than that. Not only does it, do we make these judgments about other people, but then we share those judgments about other people with other people, which then demonstrates a lack of love, right? And that can be really sad. That, in many ways, can be the plague of the church, the very thing that can hinder and squash what the Lord wants to do in and, and through the church, right? I, I love this. You know, in John chapter 21, uh, verse 28, do you remember that story in the Gospel of John? It's towards the end of Jesus' uh, ministry here on earth, right when he's about to ascend into the heavens, right? You have that whole scene, right? Where, where Peter is basically getting corrected by the Lord there in John 21. And you have that time where, where he's so nutty, right? He, he jumps out of the boat and swims because he realizes it's Jesus. Like, there he is. And he jumps out of the boat and he's like swimming. And the other guys just come up right behind him, right? And so he's on the shore. And then you have that, that moment, heart to heart, right, moment with Peter and Jesus. And he tells him, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I, I love you, Lord. We'll, we'll feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Well, Lord, you know that I do. Okay, well, then tend my sheep. Peter, do you love me? <laughs> Lord, of course, you know that I do. Then, then feed my sheep. And, and so he again speaking to them. He's really reinstating him. And I love this. Look, look what happens next right after that story. Right in verse 20, it says, Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, I'm sorry, following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? What about that guy? Because that's kind of like us, right? Like, okay, I get all this stuff that's going on in my life, but what about those guys? And what about that person? And what about her? What about him? And, and a lot of times what we're doing is that we are making judgments about other people. We, we invite ourselves to be judged by God as well. And when we do, are we not then trying to maybe take the role of God? Because that's really what, what this section is about, right? Looking at our hearts, judging our own hearts, if you will. It can be arrogance. So going back to this, what is the commandment there? Jesus says, judge not, right? The word there is, means to stop. It's an intense wording, right? It's, it's a prohibition, right? It's stop judging or, or don't ever judge someone right? If you look at verse 2 again, he says, for with what judgment, right, you judge, you will be judged. And with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I love how the NASB says it this way, for in the way you judge, right, or the New Living Translation says, the way you pass judgment on others, right? It's like you're, we're setting the stage for the type of judgment that's going to come back towards us, Right? Or it could be uh, the next word there, the measure. Right? With the same measure that you judge people, it's going to come right back at you. Or the standard that you're using is going to come back to you. Or it can be like that old saying, right? What comes around goes around. 
right, with a biblical twist, right? And so the reality is when we judge all the time, right, it can really <laughs> bring our witness down. I mean, for sure. But here, here's the thing. Here's a couple of ways we judge people, and I want to go through this, right? Here's a couple of ways that we judge people. The first is comparison judgment, right? We, a lot of times we compare ourselves to other people. We, we, we come up or, or we put ourselves up as, as the standard, if you will, right? You know, why did he or she do that? Or, or, or this, is, this is horrible. This happens on our island. We live on this little island. Populations maybe like eight or 9,000 people. We've got like the Americana, like the main street that goes right down the, the front of town, right where the ferry landing comes on. And they have these new roundabouts, or one's an old one, but we have a new one that looks like a giant Pac-Man right in the, the middle of town there. And so during the summertime, during the tourist season, it's really hard to find a parking spot in downtown Friday Harbor. And so one of my crazy pet peeves is that you'll see an open spot, and so I'm a Christian, so I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to go all the way down to the roundabout, turn around, and then go find my parking spot. But what do the other people do? They come in, and they just cross right around, and they kind of like, ur, 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 do this, and it drives me nuts. And so I was like, one of those people, I can't believe they're doing that. I can't believe they're taking my parking spot. But then, as I'm leaving town, you know, it's a small town. I'm going like 55 down to 45. You know, I'm like making these rowdy judgments against other people, and at the same time, here I am just cruising down the road, speeding. Now, none of you guys speed, I know. I'm, I'm sure of it. But, it, but it, it's, it's a crazy thing that we can a lot of times do where we can pass judgment on people, but then all of a sudden when it comes to ourselves, oh, it's fine. It's, it's no big deal. It's not as bad as doing those things, so to speak. Right, but the reality is it can be hypocrisy, right? Comparison, judgment, judging other, people's, uh, judging other people by comparing them to ourselves, right? We begin to make opinions and, 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 and really it's kind of like valuing our own selves other than other people. The other way we can do, make judgments against other people is judging the motives, judging people's motives. Maybe You've never done that before. Looking at somebody and then just start to, to question why they're doing what they do. All right, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? Verse 4. I love this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Here we have a challenge that Paul writes. He says here, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in inequity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, hope or believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails." But right here we're challenged, right, in this verse, rather than judging motives, right, to believe the best about people, to, to believe that, that whatever they might be doing, or, or, or sometimes, especially when we catch people maybe on a bad day and they just kind of come across cross, you know, to us right away, we, we, we start kind of going through these little mental things of, oh, they must think this about me, or they must be really, they've got these ulterior motives, when here, 
Really, all those things are, are based on our really insecurity and sometimes even wickedness. We're called to, to believe the best, to believe the best about people, right? Another way I think that we can judge people uh, is, is about their character and their freedoms, right? In Romans 14, verse 3, we have that challenge as well, where it says, Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats. For God has received him. Right? There is this, this freedom that we have as believers. And sometimes that could be the worst way where, where we're judging other people's freedoms. They might have the freedom to do certain things that we are convicted about. Right? Or is there something that maybe we won't personally do? You know, some of the examples could be like, well, maybe you're at a restaurant one day and, and you saw a fellow believer having a, a glass of beer with dinner and right away our minds go to the worst, don't they? Oh, that guy must be an alcoholic. That guy must be an alcoholic. I saw him at Applebee's, you know, over there and he must have been there all night. Or, or we see somebody with a tattoo and, and right away we're thinking like, oh, oh don't, don't they care about the temple of the Holy Spirit? And, and why do we start making all these judgments, right, about people and their motives and their freedoms and then the reality is, that's even more intense sometimes, is that those same judgments, those same people that might be making those judgments, you know, they're at home watching sexually charged movies on Netflix or whatever the case would be, or maybe they're being abusive, you know, to their spouses. And then yet on the outside, we've got this appearance of, uh, of looking spiritual. And, and, and the reality is, according to verse 2, man, it's going to backfire on us. It almost reminds me of like my kids. You know, one of my favorite things to do right after dinner that drives my wife nuts um, is there's seven of them. And it's getting harder and harder to do this. But as we, for years now, we wrestle right after dinner. We get in the living room and just make a mess. And we just start dogpiling each other. And, and it's heavy because I probably have been a little too rough with my kids where I'll get on top of them and smack their face around. Not really hard, but they come at me with all of them. And so what they've done is they have a few of them. They don't like the wrestling, but they like to smack. And so they'll come in on the side of me or whatever, and they'll lift my shirt as I'm occupied with my other kid, and they will smack my back and then take off running. And it's like, no, you're not getting away. I will take all the kids off. I go Hulk Hogan on them and then go after that one, <laughs> you know. But sometimes it's like that even with our judgments. We can make judgments on people, and we're thinking that we're going to somehow get away. And it's like, no way, man. That stuff's going to come back and smack us on the back. Right? Yeah, they think they're safe, those kids sometimes. <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> I should be. Gen and we're talking about the one and a half year old as well. Like, he gets in there as well. <laughs> but look what he says next there. And after he challenges and speaks to us about these judgments, about not making judgments. This is where it gets more for us personal, right? Verse 3. He says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own eye. Now there's a challenge of like, okay, you're looking, you're, you're looking out, but you're looking out. But as followers of Christ, what is he saying? Hey, you need to then consider yourself first, right? I love how Luke's gospel writes this out. In Luke chapter 6, verse 41, verse 41, right? It's kind of a retelling of the same thing that's going on here, but there's a key word that I love that he writes here in verse 41. 
Am I in Luke's Gospel? No, I'm in chapter 5. Here we go. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 41, he says this, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to, re- to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. The, the two key words there is to look. Why do you look, right? Why are you, you staring as one who really, the wording there is that you're staring at your brother's speck, but you're not seeing clearly. Why? Because there's a plank sticking out of your eye. As you look at your brother's specks, the faults of your fellow brothers and sisters, the reality is you've got this log sticking out of your eye that really prevents you from seeing clearly other people's issues. Right? There's a sense of Jesus calling us to first look within. There's going to be some crazy things here, okay? Well, the first one, the worst speck there means a moat. It means really a dust or a flake. I mean, this tiny little speck, Right? But the other part of that, that wording there, the plank, it, it's, it's from the same kind of, it's made from the same material as, as the way the Greek writes it. That speck comes from the same kind of beam that's in your own eye, right? But the idea here is why are we looking when you've got these issues sticking out of your eye? I love this. There's a, a great uh, a picture here. Because when you, when you think about eyes, eyes are a very delicate thing, aren't they? I mean, if you get a speck, just a speck in your eye, I mean, it just messes you up. Earlier, we were out enjoying some of your town. We were at the Botanical Gardens, um, and some of the stuff was really messy. My allergies were kicking in a little bit. It's beautiful out there. Um, hot, hot, which is another thing that was making me sidetrack. I cannot picture snow here. When there's like 93 degree weather here at the same time. Like I've seen pictures that Ed posts of like snow covered stuff. And I just, we were talking about that on the way in. But anyway, so going back to the beam and this speck, do you imagine? Because, because eye surges and things like that, that's, that's a careful thing that you've got to done. You've, you've got to do. Can you imagine like your doctor coming to you to work on your eye, but he has this giant plank sticking out of his eye? Like here, let me come on. Oh, that's, that's weird. Do this thing. I'm, I'm right-handed. <laughs> Imagine your doctor coming to you with this big log coming up to you and says, hey, buddy, let's, let's look at your eye. Let's do a little operation here. And he's got this log. You'd be like, dude, stay away. Like you've got to go fix your own thing, right? <laughs> right? Now, what, what is this, this, this thing here? In other words, when we have these, these planks in our eyes, really these big, long planks in our eyes, what it does is the wording here is that it skews your real vision, right? Right, where we begin because of the, Jesus saying, because you have a plank, you're gonna make some very unfair, uninformed, misguided, missing the picture, bigger picture judgments against someone else. Because the reality is a lot of time the judgments that we make against people, we don't really know the whole story, do we? All that's happening is that we're forming our own opinions and we're ready to attack at times, which, which sometimes can be really confusing and hurtful, right? These are the, the things that can hurt and, and, and divide churches when we do those kinds of things. I, I love how this one commentator, Leon Morris, this is what he says about this He says, the meaning is not 
that in every case the person passing judgment is a worse sinner than the one he criticizes? It is rather that what he finds wrong in his brother is a very small matter compared with the sin God sees in him, right? What it comes down to is a lot of times it can be mean and, and, and wicked, right? When, when the church is made up of people that have been redeemed by their Messiah, right? Really what, what this should cause in us or, or do in us is, is cause such humility, right? Humility. Because in many ways, we have to look at ourselves in this way. God, who am I that you would forgive me of my sin? Who am I that, that, that you would take the stuff, the stuff that's unseen by everyone else, and then wash it by the blood of Jesus? What, what it should do in us, right, is cause us, right, these verses, to look at people not wondering what's up with them or what issues they have or, or look at these judgments, but, but what it should do in us is cause us to care about the church, to love the church. I mean, when you think about it from just like a worldly perspective of, of going to work and, 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 you know, just doing life, there's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of things that go on. Right outside, there's a lot of issues. We all we have bosses, we've got coworkers that we work with, you know, we we have kids that we're raising and so forth, and, and we got to think that man, doesn't that just wear you out? And so then, where is the one place? Where is the one place that I could come to, where it's going to be free and void of all of that? It's the church. It's a church. This is the, the one place where it should be, right? A sanctuary where you can come in and we can worship with our brothers and sisters. We can worship and we can be vulnerable, right? Because many of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, right, we're doing things for the Lord and with the Lord and with spouses and families that, that if we get honest with God, we have no business doing or being a part of. Except for what? Man, the grace of God. The grace of God just washing over. I mean, I love this, this, that beautiful picture, right? He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, right? That we might have the righteousness of God. Man, who am I, Lord, that you would use me? Who am I that I could stand up front boldly as a part of the saints and just worship you freely, unhindered? I mean, that's, that's the call, right, that Jesus has there, right? That's why he says, going on, right, in verse 5, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye, right? That, 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 that verse or that word there, hypocrite, it's strong. It means don't be a pretender. Don't be an insincere person, Right? Be real with the Lord. Be real and honest with people. Right? Don't be a hypocrite. Don't pretend to be virtuous when you're not. Right? But look what he does say that's pretty intense. First remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Notice that he doesn't want us to leave the speck in our brother's eye. He still calls us to remove the speck. But what does he do first? First, he calls us to deal with our own stuff, right? To deal with our own sin. 
before we deal with somebody else's sin. Now, here, it's legitimate sin, not just, well, I don't agree with that person, or I don't agree with these pastors, or, I don't agree with that. No, it's real legitimate sin, right? God calls us to first look in and then to approach our brothers with grace and humility. It's almost in that, this challenge of, like, don't be a hypocrite, don't be... Don't, don't be walking out with this big plank sticking out of your eye because there's also a challenge and a mission for the church to come together and to be a place where we can still have our issues and we still have our faults because we don't have it together. We do have it, we, we, but we do have the Lord. And so what a beautiful and sweet thing, right, to, to, to come together and to know that, that in, your, in your struggles right, you can have someone that you can go to that's going to be void or free of judgment. That you can say and say, hey man, look, I am struggling with this and I am, I'm struggling with that. Rather than being kind of these, these people, right? And I'm sure you guys are not like that at all. Maybe I just needed to preach this message to myself again of being free from this. But to be able to look in first and foremost and say, Lord, help me. Right, so that we would have then the heart and the humility to go so that the church might be raised up, so that the church might continue to be a place where believers and then even non-believers come and they want to be a part of it because they can say, man, there's something about that, that church. It's not that we water down the Word. It's not that we are void from what God's Word says, but that we all have a starting place. We all have our cracks, if you will. And it's a place to come together and know that it's a delicate process. It's a delicate place to come. It takes a steady hand, right, and a loving hand to remove specks in other people's eyes. But it definitely calls us first to look inward, to, to look inward first and foremost. Then he goes on lastly in, in verse 6, Hey, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear them to pieces. The reality is some will je- reject this kind of, of understanding. right? They're, they're, that's just how it's going to be, right? A lot of times we can get into things that we have no business being a part of and, and reconciliation, right? Especially if you're one who's like, Oh, I know who's messing up. It's like, no, let's, let's leave that to the Lord. But our heart and our challenge here is to be a church that can be man, free of that. I'd love for that to not be a reputation of the church anymore, right? That the church could be a punchline in a movie. But a church could be a hospital, a place of refuge, right? And, and, and so that's my challenge for you guys tonight. That's, that's the word that I have for you guys this evening. Right? It's like, Lord, let us look inward first before we look outward. That we might be a church that links arms together. A church that, that, that believes the best about other people first and foremost. Man, I, I'm sure you have it. And at times I've definitely been the recipient of being thought wrongly against. And it doesn't feel good. But I like what Paul says, Lord, but by the grace of God, there go I. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this evening, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that even tonight, Lord, as we, we go over these things that, that can be somewhat heavy and, and maybe even the thoughts even about me could be, who is this kid coming in here and getting up in our business? Lord, I pray that even for myself, Lord, 
there's definitely areas, Lord, where I have been convicted of, where I've made those judgments, I've made those assumptions. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me of those things, Jesus. Lord, I want to take to heart this challenge of believing the best about people, loving people where they're at, God. And then being willing to step out, God, and to walk alongside somebody who might be struggling, who, who might not be further along in their walk with you, God, or who might just even be different than me. Lord, help us. Lord, help us as your church to rightly represent you in all that we do and all that we say, God. So this evening, as we continue to worship, I know that there's going to be pastors up front to, to pray with you and for you. And maybe, maybe tonight's uh, challenge to some of you will be maybe that of repentance. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're in that situation right now where, where you're, there's some friction between you and some, some brothers and sisters in the Lord. And, and you've made these harsh judgments. You, you've kind of already made up your mind. And maybe it's gotten to a point where you don't even want to go have this conversation because you've made, that, made up that mind already. And you know what? I would say, man, believe the best. Repent of that. Be willing to go and to sit down with your brother and your sister and work through these things. Why? Well, because God, God is so freely forgiven of us, of all of it. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far away he's cast our sins from us. And maybe there's some here tonight too that, that have been through a lot of deep hurt and, and, and it's allowed you to, to get bitter towards the church. Don't, don't let the enemy rip you off. In fact, because you know what it feels like to be hurt in that way, man, then be a source of comfort for someone. Maybe you're the type of person that needs to go and, and to help or, or come alongside that brother or sister who's struggling and hurting in their own sin. Maybe you're the type of person that can go in humility and, and know how to walk with them through that hurt and through that pain. And then lastly, maybe you're here tonight and, and you're just visiting the church for the first time or you've just come because somebody invited you to come. The good news for you is that the judgments and all these things that we're talking about Really, it's, it's for the church. It's about us growing together, right? To, to be made more like Jesus. And you're right, we are a bunch of hypocrites, for sure. But the grace of God for you tonight, and that challenge for you is that Jesus has for, wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to lay it all, He wants you to lay it all down. He died for you. Even though we're, we have our issues we're going through it because of what Jesus did on the cross, because Jesus became sin on our behalf and gave us his righteousness, we'll never have to stand before the Lord and answer for those sins. And that's the gift that God wants to give you tonight. If you're here this morning and you, this evening you've come and, 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 and you've got these, these things going on, you're struggling with sin and you're thinking like, there's no way that God could forgive me. You've kind of laid out some things tonight that I'm here to tell you, Jesus has died for you. Jesus loves you. He wants to wash, wants to give you a brand new start. Doesn't mean that life gets any easier, but he invites you into eternal life so that you have a family to walk alongside you. Wants to give you a do-over. And if there's anyone like that in that spot, man, come forward. Come forward and receive the forgiveness and the grace of God tonight. 
come forward and receive a do-over. Let's respond to the Lord. I'll be down in front, and I'm sure the other pastors will be, but let's pray and let's seek the Lord together as we respond to Him this evening. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.